Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Catherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. Today is episode 1.5 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, and I'm Catherine White, and I'm here today to guide you through the concept of FOMO. We're going to talk about the fear of missing out being afraid of not being there, or being afraid to do things that you may want to do. But before I do that, I want to start by sharing that I'm really loving running my monthly workshops. I believe that there is so much to learn in them about not being your diagnosis, believing in yourself, and thriving with cancer. The other thing I love is the pieces that come up when the workshop gets rolling. Sometimes they're things that are actually asked by a guest and other times they're my own thoughts about my own cancer experience that come up. This time around, the thought was around the fear of missing out. And this is a biggie. So let's just cut straight to the chase. When you're told you have cancer, your jerk brain, because it is a total jerk, immediately takes you to the worst case scenario. Your brain tells you the story of how bad it is, how bad it's going to be, and it invites in all of your fears. And you totally, even if it's just for a fleeting moment, can buy into that thought. And that's real because your thoughts and fears in that moment are real. And I'm certainly not discounting them because I have been there. But I want to say that this is the nature of your brain. Your brain thinks it's helping you by keeping you on high alert because it wants to keep you safe. But what it's really doing is sending you into fight or flight mode. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So there's two scenarios, I think, when you have cancer. The first is things are going well and you feel like you've got this. The second is things aren't going so well. And this itself might even just be a thought that you're having. Maybe it's not even a medical reality and then you feel like your world is crumbling. And both of these thoughts are very valid and very real. So I wanna start actually with the second thought, that thought that things aren't going well. Now this thought can lead to a whole cascade effect in your thoughts and emotions. This is where FOMO comes in. Your brain floods you with all of the things you want to do, but you are genuinely afraid that you won't be able to do or be around to do. And I completely, get this. When I was diagnosed, all I wanted, other than to live, of course, was to see my sons graduate from high school. That was like one of my first thoughts. I just want to see my kids graduate from high school. And what actually happened is that this gave me purpose and reason to live, which is good because it kept me from slipping down the slippery slope of giving up. So having the thought that I had that goal that wasn't too far out of reach and that was super meaningful to me was really helpful to have in my brain. Now I did a lot of work around believing in myself and believing in my doctors and doing my best every day to get up and move forward. And I'm grateful to say that when my first son graduated, I got to be there. And I got to be there two years later when my second son graduated. 
Sometimes you just have to embrace the suck and keep trying so that you can make things happen. And there were many days that I embraced the suck and got up and kept moving forward, determined to be at my son's graduations. So then I started to action other things that I was afraid I would miss out on. Time with friends, quality time with my family, building memories in the now, not dreams for the future. And we'll talk about that in a minute too. One of the things that I learned about FOMO is that it forced my hand. It made me look at what I could do in that moment with the health that I had and just freaking do it. Now, some days they weren't really big things. They were more simple, like pick my sons up from school, even though they were in high school, or go to the grocery store, which was a whole outing in itself when you're lying on the couch a lot of the time. Something else I liked doing was to go to their sporting events and cheer them on. So here's a little piece of honesty. At first, I was afraid of going to these events because in our small community, which is even smaller when you're a teacher and have taught many of the teenagers in town, it was well known that I had cancer. And I was afraid of the looks of pity, the people avoiding eye contact, or even the fear that I would go, but then I would get tired or overwhelmed, which happened a lot, and have to leave or not even be able to leave because I couldn't drive myself. But my resolve to see my kids won out, and in the end, it wasn't so bad. People were kind, and I got to celebrate my kids, which was really important to me. Not to mention the joy of getting out of the house. Whoever thought that high school volleyball or track and field would be a big thing, but it really was at that point. Something else that I did was go on picnics with my husband. On the good days, I would ride on the back of his motorcycle, and on my less energetic days, we'd just drive in the car. And when I was tired and all done, I would just give him a tap on the shoulder or just tell him if we were driving in the car, and we'd go home. But in the end, we got to spend time together and do one of his favorite things, which was having a picnic. And that, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, actually allowed him to build memories as my husband because he was living in his own fears and and FOMO also. And that is a whole other episode itself. Back to what I did. A few times, I even went on trips with my husband. In between surgeries and treatments, I decided that there were places that I wanted to go near and far, and I just went. We were hesitant at first, but even the doctors said that if I was in a good place, then why not? So we did. I packed up my suitcase every once in a while, And I went with John um, on a trip and have zero regrets and a whole bunch of beautiful memories. So let's switch gears here for a moment and talk about the one thing I actually struggled with for years and sometimes, although not as much now, still do. And I mentioned it earlier, and that's the future. Planning for the future. This was something I found really, really hard. I would have anxiety if I had to project into the future. In the beginning, even just like a couple of months into the future was too much. And then trying to project into like six months and a year and a couple of years was just too much in the beginning. Trying to imagine myself alive, honestly, and healthy down the road brought up that FOMO again. And again, the jerk brain was like, don't get too excited here because remember, you're not out of the woods yet. Your stupid brain wanted to keep me stuck. It wanted to remind me that it was safer to live status quo. And there were times that I totally bought in. I think that planning for the future is hard 
when you truly don't know what's coming next at the next scan or the next appointment and in the months to come. And I think that that's something that's really hard to explain to people. When you are looking good or done all the medical work, people tend to expect you to just pick back up where you left off, go back to life before cancer and just move on. And if you are listening to this as a cancer patient or a cancer survivor, cancer thriver, then you will know that that is not always so easy. It's It takes time and it takes patience with yourself to be able to step into the possibility of the future. And it's really a process in learning how to be gentle with yourself. This whole cancer thing, I don't have to tell you, is hard. There's no rule book, there's no guide specifically tailored to you that you can buy at a bookstore, and there is a whole crap ton of mind drama. So let's come back to the two thoughts in your brain. The first one was that things weren't going well, but the other thought is that things are going well and you feel like you've got this, which is friggin' awesome, and you need to ride that wave, like get that surfboard out and ride that wave of feeling good. And hold on to that thought and notice what it feels like in your soul. And when you feel yourself slipping, try to access that good feeling and bring it to the surface because that's the stuff that's going to keep you moving forward. That's the stuff that's going to give you the motivation to get up and keep moving forward because you know what feeling good can feel like. And remember too that it's okay to feel good and to feel happy. Sometimes we don't necessarily give ourselves the permission to feel happy because we're I think socialized in media social media and and movies and tv shows show us the negative side of cancer and so we feel like well that's what it's supposed to look like but you're allowed to feel good and you're allowed to feel happy in fact that's really really important because your body and your brain will respond chemically to joy and happiness this is a good thing Less stress hormones and more happy hormones will make a difference in your day-to-day and in your moving through the medical stuff. Which brings us back to how your brain works. Your brain is going to keep you in fight or flight because it wants to keep you safe. It's going to tell you all of the things that you should be aware of so that you just stay home, stay under the blankets, don't step outside your comfort zone, just be safe. And it's going to give you yesterday's emotions when you wake up to remind you that that situation still exists. Remember yesterday when you were feeling like this? Well, it's still here, remember? So you need to sit in that feeling. That's your brain's narrative. But what that does is it keeps you from enjoying today. It keeps you stuck in a past experience that you then project into the future. And so this is where you build your virtual reality for yourself of things that might not even come true. Remember that saying where your thoughts go, your energy flows. Thinking of FOMO heightens fight or flight. It increases your stress hormones, which then support the creation of inflammation in your body. You need a calm body so that your cells can work on healing. We need to keep our mind calm, keep it out of the past, keep it in the present so that you can live the life that you need to live right now. So what can you do? Do just that. Live now. Do the stuff you've always wanted to do now. It doesn't have to be big or fancy, but if it is, that's a bonus. Don't let your brain tell you that you're too sick or too scared to have fun and live your life. 
Simple things are simple pleasures. Enjoy them. The side effects of doing this, of getting out there and doing the things that you want to do are more joy, more courage to try more things, beautiful memories, gratitude for the moment, and reframing how you see yourself and allowing yourself to make both thought and life shifts that may just support your health and happiness. What you won't be doing is letting your brain keep you where you are so that you play it safe, stay in your I can't do that mode, and miss out on the right now. Because with or without cancer, all we really have is right now. So get out there and enjoy it. You get to decide. If you found this helpful and feel like there's so much more that you would like to know and learn about life with cancer and how you are not your diagnosis, I'm hosting a free three-day workshop from June 13th to 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern. You can join me through the link on my website, www.catherinewhite.coach. And I also want to come back for a second to that idea that there's no specific book or guide that is tailored to your needs. That is where coaching comes in. As a cancer support coach, I provide the space for you to talk through what you're going through. Although cancer is a personal experience, it doesn't have to be done alone. And what I know from my own personal experience is that sometimes you need a third party, a neutral person, and a voice of experience to help you sort through all the ins and outs. Sometimes that can't be your friends or your caregiver. They're already doing their best to support you, but it can be tiring for them too. And that's why as a coach, I can hold that space for you, be present with you in that moment in a place of openness and neutrality. Together, we can explore your thoughts and feelings and help you discover how you can create your own version of living to thrive with cancer. If you'd like to book a call with me, you can find the link for that on my website, katherinewhite.coach. And I would be so happy to get on a free 60-minute consultation call with you to talk about cancer support coaching, what that looks like, and how perhaps we could be a great fit for each other to help you thrive with cancer. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.